Hey everybody, thanks so much for checking out our On The Couches podcast, where we have a conversation about what we wrestled through on Sunday morning. Today is so awesome. I'm so excited to have Amber Price, my wife, and Jonathan Brownlee, our communications pastor, to engage in a conversation about one of my favorite stories around the Christmas season, just looking at the story of Mary and how she got a promise, how there was a process to that promise, and then the provision. And today we're digging in and diving into what does that mean in our personal lives? Listen, if this podcast is having a positive effect, would you do us a favor? Would you subscribe or would you actually uh, give us a review? Let us know the difference this is making. It's going to be an awesome day today. Let's jump into this conversation. This past Sunday, we had an awesome conversation looking at the story of Mary. And so today I'm really pumped for just the three of us to be jumping in and kind of just dig into that right now. John and I, we've never been pregnant, but we've both had wives who who, are, who have been pregnant who multiple times. Who have done it multiple times. times. Multiple times. Yes. And, and they were gracious and beautiful. I don't beautiful. know what the big deal is. <laughs> right? Not, not how we start off this conversation. Yeah, no. what, what, was, what was the joke? Is that where we want to go today? I heard a joke that was so funny. was a, a woman right in the middle of the intensity of giving birth finally has a small understanding of what our cold feels like. That's right, right. yeah. Right? The man called. The yeah. Man called. yeah. Amber, I, get my mom on the phone. Uh, yeah. Plan the funeral. I'm dying. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are dumb. <laughs> no, I have a tremendous amount of respect. And, so uh, much respect. Yes, yes. Actually, everyone just stopped listening to the podcast because yep. like, I'm not listening. I'm going to get in trouble just for That's listening. That's why I'm here, to make sure that the women audience right. actually yeah. stay tuned and listen. Oh, that is awesome. Um, I, I think, you know, I always say this because for us, those that don't know our story, right, we, we have three kids um, that are relatively close in age. And then we have this long break of, what was it, eight, eight and a years. half years. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden we have Olivia, our youngest child. And, and like I had had that surgery in, in the middle of that season and kind of was expecting that we were, we were threat free from this. And so like when Mary says to, to, to the angel, like, how can this be? <laughs> I literally, when Amber tells me she's pregnant with Olivia, I'm like, how can this be? (laughs) Like, that doesn't, that doesn't work out. Like, that's not how it's supposed to happen, right? And I didn't have an angel show up and tell me it's going to be okay. I cried in my truck for like two hours. And then I was like, okay, we can do this. Actually, I was a good husband. Amber was pretty upset and scared and, and everything. I calmed her down. I'm like, babe, God's got this. He's, if he, if we're pregnant, then God's got a plan for this little girl or this little child. It's going to be amazing. And she's like, yeah, you're right. You were so believable. I know. Well, I'm, I'm good at that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, she's like, she's like, yeah, you're right. She had all this confidence. And then I literally walked in. I'm going to go get your prenatal vitamins. Right, and I no. went, yeah, I went and got in my truck and cried for two hours. He didn't even leave. He never actually went and got the vitamins. I was like, oh, you're I'm like, where are you? How, how far away did you go to get the vitamins? He's like, I haven't left. Yeah, I was so scared. I'm like, how are we going to do it? Like, it I, I actually called my financial advisor. I'm like, can I can still retire? Can I still retire, retire at 65? Like, is that going to be a possibility? Because now I've got his child in my house, so I'm like 63. Like, what's going to happen here? Like, I think that's a legitimate response. Right? I think you, like, put the fear of God in every single man like i need to do <laughs> everything that is possible to make sure that the job is done right <laughs> when i when i when we announced to the church and went on that journey with the church um i remember standing at the doors like shaking people's hands to say goodbye when we were allowed to do that and like every man looked at me with fear in his eyes well they didn't like, want to touch you they're like don't touch yeah. me <laughs> yeah. it's contagious 
changes, right? yeah. Women were like, this is what, this is horrible. You know, it was brutal. It was so bad. So, yeah, that was, so I understand Mary's, how can this be, right? Um, but man, there was, there was some stuff in this message that I just want to camp on for a little bit that I think is so, so important. So there's kind of three major headings to this message. It was like the promise, the process, and then the, the provision. So Mary gets this promise from God, right? And, and I think, again, I, I think that we, we skirt over who Mary was, right? Like she was a, a teenage girl. She's, she's, living in a, she's living as a people group of Israelites, right, that, that were oppressed in this season, right? Like, so, so when she's thinking kingdom, there's an element of her that's been watching kind of the zealots I talked about, you know, the, the religious kind of activists uh, wanting to fight for the freedom of, of the people of Israel. She's watching them. She, she's got all this pressure of religious leaders. And, and also there's this talk of a king. And, and so here she is, an oppressed female in a society that is, that is not a great society to be oppressed in or to be a female in. And God's like, hey, you're giving birth to a king. Like that's so countercultural to where she would have been thinking, right? Have you ever been in a spot like that in your own lives or, or, or does that kind of stir up something inside of us and your thoughts? Yeah, so for like our firstborn son, it was a very similar process. We, it was unexpected, the, the child was unexpected. And so we went through a very similar journey where it's like, how am I gonna tell my family? How am I, like, how is, how is this gonna work? I, yeah. I don't know what it takes to be a dad. I, I've never done this before. And so there's a lot of news that came into Mary's life that I can only imagine. Like, and as a teenager, like, the stresses, like, I, I don't, well, and not even a... knowing how to process that as mm -hmm. a teenager, you're not you're not even thinking mm -hmm. that way. You're not thinking about a family. You're not thinking financially. You know, just being practical. She probably was absolutely terrified. And then um, the word king and kingdom and and um, those words were like a pipe dream for her. Right? She yeah. wouldn't even be able to grasp what that would mean and the power behind it. You know, she's probably just thinking, how do I even like? How does how do I find maternity clothes? You know, like she's a teenage girl without anything in her world. Well, you said something that actually got me thinking too. Like, there's some promises where like you get a promise, you're like yeah, I'm gonna tell everybody, right? Like this is awesome. And then there's those promises that we have. There's like, oh my goodness, I'm so scared of that promise. Like, you know, well, like and the words coming up with the words to be able to share well, that not promise. Just that, How like, do just, I package just the, this? The fear, like, like when you talk about that way, I'm like, okay, she would have had fear of how to tell people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I've had promises where like God's like, we're gonna do this with the church. I'm like, ha, huh? that's exciting, it's great. But how am I going to unpack this? Well, and you've, this? you've shared before how you'll say to the church, this is what God says we're going to do, and this is the direction we're going to go. And then as soon as you walk off stage and we're all backstage, you're like, guys, I don't know how we're going to do this, how we're going to do this, right? Because the reality hits. Yeah, well, you've been around and for like, yeah, me waking up in the middle, middle of, the of the night with like, oh my goodness, I think God's saying he's like going to do this. Like I'm sick to my stomach. How do we, yeah. How do we, how do we do expansions? How do we handle growth? How do we say we're going to go online and we'd never been online before and and like how like they're exciting like the promises can be exciting but at the same time there's some of those promises that you get it's like this is a I remember being called to ministry right like I, I get called and, and and sense that God's gonna want to use me in full-time ministry and it was so exciting until you're like 
What does that even mean, right? Like, you look at the youth pastor, you're like, okay, he's cool, right? I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to get to eat pizza all day long with kids and play volleyball and, like, talk a little Jesus, right? Like, that's the youth pastor's world uh, from a teenager's perspective, right? I'm like, it's going to be awesome. And then you're like, oh, shoot, like, you got to go to school, you got to study, you got to learn to get your teeth kicked in, people hate you, you got to deal, like, it's like, oh, man, like, I didn't even know what I didn't know, Mm -hmm. right? That's so good. Yeah, I think, I think, it, it was good that the angel showed up and kind of gave that like, do not fear, be of good courage. Like I, I have, I bring good news, right? And I think that in her situation, I can only imagine the negativity that was around that yeah. situation. You know, the the stress of parents. Like, my, my, <laughs> okay, we're all parents. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? We both have, we both have girls. My daughter's a teenager, and <laughs> she's not married, and she's coming to me telling me she's it's, pregnant. It's God's. And it's God's. God's. Yeah. 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 There better be yeah. an okay. angel in okay. that situation. What? I don't think so. You know, own up to it. Face the. You know, pay the piper. What do you? What? Yeah. So I, I think that like she had to hold on to that. She had to hold on to what the angel told mm-hmm. her, and the angel told her her husband Joseph. Like because yeah. if she if she dwelled on the negativity, that would only exasperate her fear. It would only put her more into that uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? And I think that back then there was no like clinical diagnosis for mental health or depression or anxiety. Oh. And I can only imagine, you know, the, the fear that was in her mind, but you have to hold on to that promise. And in order to do that, you have to drown out the negativity and listen to the positivity, listen to what God is telling you in that season. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I mean, I love when I talked about the, the line that God's not a liar. Mm right? When we have a promise from God, it's, it's yes, and it's amen, and we have confidence that it will come to pass, right? And I think that that's so hard to hold on to, right? Now, very few of us have those moments where an angel shows up and speaks right. a promise over us. Like, for me personally, when we've made major changes in our church, it, I never had that angelic you know, light room, room lights up and there's Gabriel saying, you're going to preach the gospel and thousands are like, I never had that. I have more impressions, right? I have more like I'm, I'm sitting in prayer and I can't shake these thoughts or I'm reading the word of God and this is standing out to me, right? You know, all the stuff we've done here, all the growth we've experienced as the church, right? And, and the things we've been walking towards. None of it has been like these angelic moments, but it's been these moments of like impressions on my heart and, and reading the word of God. And not saying you can't have those angelic moments. They're, they do. They still happen today. But, but I haven't had those experiences, right? But you have to hold on, right? Because God, God is either who he says he's going to be or he's not God, yeah. right? And I think that's the hard part because I don't know about you. It's really easy to look in the natural at how the promise isn't going to happen. That's right. Well, especially in this season or, you know, in in different trying seasons in our lives, um, all we see is what's around us. And so we want to hold on to something exciting and positive, but some like negativity usually takes over and and it's so easy to go down that trail and it's hard to climb back from getting sucked into, well, this this probably isn't going to happen. You know, what what am I holding on to? Um, And I read something last week saying that when we're obedient to God, God gives us an unspeakable joy. And so when we are obedient and we hold on to the promise that God gives us, He gives us this joy that can't come from anywhere else. And when you were talking about getting a promise and at first how it's exciting, 
it's like anticipation. You get that like feeling in your gut where you're like terrified and excited at the same time. Like you don't know how to execute, but you know it, it's, it's exciting, it's something new, it's a change. Um, God gives us that feeling of joy and excitement. And, and that's why we have to put our faith in God when it comes to a promise and, and going through the process because only He can um, wipe away that negativity, right? Only He can, that, that joy that He gives us is what is gonna conquer the negativity that we struggle pushing away because it's always around us. Well, I think of the story in the Old Testament of a guy named Abram and Sarai, right? The, the Bible says that they're old and aged, you know, they're 99 years old and God gives them, or I forget how old they were, 75 years old, and God gives them this promise that they're going to have a son that's going to multiply in generations and, and be this massive nation, which was the nation of Israel. But, um, and, and Sarai's response is she actually laughs. I was going to say, it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, but she laughs because she's like, it's impossible. Right. And, and I even think of like right now, OK, where we are in the midst of COVID. Right. We're facing COVID. The numbers are going the wrong way. Right. We're, we're in a second wave or whatever the language is. Right. And we're in this spot where it, if you're to look around, you're like, how do I parallel? God declares that his ways are not my way. God declares that he is victorious. God declares health and freedom. God declares that he's going to win. And then I look around in, in my natural eye and I see, you know, our building's not open. So, so the building's closed, uh, you know, numbers going the wrong way. Isolation and fear are, are, are on the rampage, right? You're like, I don't see, like, it's easy to kind of laugh and be like, God, yeah, nice promise. It feels good, but come on. Like, have you, have you not seen the natural? Have you not seen what's going on? Have you not, you know, you're telling me my marriage is going to be okay, but have you, like, there's no way. Like, look at, look at what I'm looking at today. Look at what I see with my natural eye. And how often do we fall prey to that, right? Yeah. That's like, yeah, you can have a promise and that's all good. That's great that it's there in the Bible, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't apply to me because my life is over here. I'm, or we justify, well, yeah, of course, Pastor Jeff and Amber, they'll get that promise, but... I, I, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a this. I, I barely pray, right? God wouldn't fulfill that promise in me. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think for me, what I've been learning this season is that my faith in God does not dictate his faithfulness. God is faithful regardless of how much faith I have in that moment. Mm -hmm. But the reality is the more faith I have, the more trust I have, the more joy that, this is something that I said in, in our Advent sermon is like my joy is a direct correlation to my trust in God. And so when I find that I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated or I need to control things, like, <laughs> I'm, I, and, and I am a control freak, like I wanna make things happen and I'll do everything that I can to make them happen. But sometimes I, I've found that seasons of life where I place my trust in God and I don't have an understanding of the situation that it has come back around. It has like, you know, God has worked it for his good. And so that, that trust is so vital in, in, in that process because the promise is easy. The promise is exciting. But when you don't see that promise come to fruition, then, then it's really trusting God in that process that's gonna get you through that. So let's talk about that. This, this is the worst part of the story for me is the process, right? Like I, I'm, I'm like you, Jonathan, I'm, I'm a, I like the, okay, I got the promise. Let's see, like let's see, see the, the provision. Results. You right? want to like, see the results of You it. said you're going to heal my marriage. I want to see my marriage perfect like tomorrow, right? 
I go to the gym, work out one day, I want to see huge gains. Like, I want to look in the mirror and be like, oh, there it is, right? Like, right? If like, only. Right? Like, I don't like process, right? Well, I don't think anybody does. It's horrible, right? It's horrible. And, and so back to Sarah and I, when you're talking about that, like, I mean, in that story, they get given this promise, and then it's like years go by and nothing's happening. They're just getting older, mm-hmm. right? They still have the promise, but they're like, yeah, come on. The process and what what does Abram and Sarah do? Sarah, his wife, says, "Hey, I'm too old to have kids. Why don't you take my servant, sleep with her, and have a kid with her, and then the promise of God will be fulfilled." Which I'm like, trying to process that conversation. I'm like, "Is this a test? Like, I think I'm being set up for failure here, right? Like, that's not. If my wife's offering that, I know that the, somehow this isn't a good move, right? But anyways, he does it." And he tries to actually make the promise of God happen in his own strength. And I don't think they were like rebelling by doing that. I think they were really in good conscience trying to say this is a promise from God and we don't see it happening. So let's try to make it happen. And how many times in our lives do we do that? We try to force things to happen in in good conscience thinking this is what God said. So maybe I have to, you know, make it happen. Yeah, I think our interpretation of what God says and, and the promise is not our ways are not his ways, no. right? And our interpretation of what God says and his promise is always going to be drastically different because we see things through our human eye and through our perspective and through like what reality is and, and, and how we can make it happen. And when we do that, we fall short. We miss it. We put we God in a box yeah. when we think we know how he's going to do something That's because right. if it seems impossible to us, right? If that promise is crazy, we're like, well, this is how this is how it should happen. And if it can't happen like this, then maybe it's just not going to happen. But we've got to take our eyes off of our situation and off of ourselves and put our faith in God, knowing that God can do anything. And and there is no box with God, right? But that's so much easier said than done. Absolutely. As I'm saying it, I'm thinking, do you believe what you're saying right now? Because the process, especially if it's a long time and you, because you don't know when it's going to end, you don't know the day the promise is coming. It's, it's, I hate waiting. I, it, it's frustrating. It's, it's annoying. Um, yeah, the process is hard. Well, cause it's the grind, right? Like you're sitting there going, yeah, like Abraham and Sarah, you're like, where, where, like, no baby's coming, right? And so what's happening here, right? Like I, I thought we would kind of get the promise, have an awesome night and the baby's coming, right? Well, and, and sometimes like, things no. get worse. Like you were talking about Mary and how uh, she had to worse. do the, the traveling right at the very end. And then yeah. they were the last ones to get there. And like you said, I mean, if not that, not that we would ever argue, but if it were oh, us gosh. traveling, it, we would just be fighting the whole time. And then we would get there last and not have a place to sleep. And you would blame me. And it would be your fault because 100%. we didn't get there fast enough. <laughs> and like it just, uh, how many times in our lives um, not only in the waiting, worse things happen. And it's just like, okay, hey, come on. Like there's supposed to be a light at the end of the tunnel here and it gets worse before it gets better. I actually think that that's so true, right? How many people have been like, you're going to get set free from, from drugs. And then like the hardest temptations come as you're trying, right? Or, or I don't know when you're trying to turn your life around, right? And you're like, okay, I'm going to be a better husband. And then all of a sudden like it's chaos and, and your finances. How, how many times have you tried to get out of debt? 
Right? Every single time. Remember when we were doing the David Ramsey thing and we were trying yeah. to get $1,000 in savings because that's step one, right? And we would be so close or we'd get $1,000 and then like the Some car would need brakes yeah. or like the furnace would stop working or something big would happen and we'd be like, you know, we'd literally just save that money and now we have to spend it. However, we had the money to pay for yeah, like it. it, so it but, works. but the concept though, like that happens all the time. You're trying to get a debt and like you're making strides. And then all of a sudden it's like the stinking brakes go. And now I got to drop $800 and do all this work. You're like, I, that, that grind of like, God, you said I would walk in freedom. You said I, that grind, it's so easy in the grind to lose sight. So easy that man, like I'm going to do this. And then like the, you know, you, you, you fail. I, I want to have victory over porn. And, and God, you told me I'm going to have freedom over porn. And, and, I, and I went three months without looking at anything. And then boom, yeah, something it's happens. all gone, right? It's like, so God, and, and that's where you have to make that choice. Like, was God real? Is God a liar? Or, or do I have to come back to that promise in the middle of the process and go, I'm going to trust you. God, we're going to do this with the church. Like, I, I remember, Jonathan, you were here too in the earlier days where we made like big changes in our church, right? And we're like, we're going to do this and do this. And it was like, God's going to move in powerful ways. And then like, after I do the announcement, I'm all pumped. And then like nine families walked out the church that Sunday and told me like, we're not coming back. Nine, what? No, we're supposed to grow. We're not supposed to shrink. That's the opposite <laughs> direction of God's promise. Yeah. Where are we going here? Yeah. Right. Well, I think even back in January, like we changed the name of our church to Movement Church, and there was a <laughs> lot of excitement, and huh. you released some big vision. And so, like we talked about, uh, we're going online, and we did. We didn't really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> we went a little sooner that than we thought. Accelerated. Yes. It was awesome. So did the expense um, of yes. it too. <laughs> and we've learned a lot in the season. Yeah. Like, and I think that like this conversation right now is happening because we trusted God in that process. That but there's true. still some some things that part of our vision that you felt that God was leading us and that we we don't see right now in this yeah. moment. So how do you handle that? Well, hey, yeah. wait, was that the message where you had the huge rope? Yeah, I was on the, the on the stage, and you're like, yeah. and we're gonna take London and Paris, and, and what's cool about is every place I've actually named, we actually have people watching our experience from, that cool. is yeah. which true. is kind of yeah. cool, right? That so is like, really yeah, true. but yeah, so in that we talked about we're gonna go online, we talked about that we're gonna plant a campus, and we're gonna start a building an expansion. But we've come online, right? Like, yes. you're that's, online. That's all we've done. We're like, we've come online. Yeah, we had, we had put together a budget of like it was going to spend like forty thousand dollars to go online. We've quadrupled that budget over this season to to get us to where we're at today, and and like that's going really well. I think I don't know, but but, but then yeah. campuses, yeah, and building expansion, those are they're not there in this season. We like we see numbers. We see we we have yeah, I analytics. I think the numbers are all fake. I have no. But idea we don't see people, right? Exactly. And so like. From a leadership perspective, like we are trusting God that when we go back to live, church. that people, people will come, will come. through the door, right? <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 it is a season for us where well, we have And I trust. haven't given up. I yeah. still believe God's called us. Mm -hmm. I, That's it. I don't think we're going to do a campus, you know, I don't think we're going to open the doors in, in whenever, say, January, and then we're going to launch a campus in February. Like, I think, I think we'll have a longer process. Right. I think the process is delayed. But when I'm praying and I drive through Paris, I still get something in my mm -hmm. spirit that says, man, I think we're supposed to have this town. Right. There's other cities now all of a sudden that I'm like, man, look, we've got four or five watch parties from that city. And I'm like, so maybe our system of what a campus looks like, maybe it's not spending $200,000 on equipment. And maybe it, maybe it's just a bigger watch party with 100 people. I, I don't know. 
but it's a hard thing. It's easy right now to go, well, we're just not going to do campuses. We're just going to take them off the table because the process is saying online is the only thing. And then maybe we'll have a church to come back to in a building. But then my spirit is saying, no, 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 no. I still gave you that promise. Yeah. And I'm not a liar. Mm-hmm. We're still going to plant campuses. We're, we may even plant more than what we originally started with. We're going to do it. We're going to move forward in it. I don't know how, and I'm trying to work it out. And this drives John Slater nuts, who's like our systems guy in our church. And he's like, but we're still going like, yeah, I don't know. We're just going to walk. We're just going to do it. We're just going to put a foot in front of the other because I don't know how to get there. But I do know that God gave us a promise. And I'm going to hold on to the promise. And even though it looks like right now, I don't know if we have a church and I don't know if we're ever going to be able to meet again. And I don't, I still know God's calling us to do something. It may not be the same timeline, Hopefully it's not 25 years like Abraham and Sarai, but, but it's not the same timeline, but we're still, we're going there, yeah. right? And then that's like, I mean, we'll just bring this, and then there's the provision, right? Like, I love how, we've all seen the Christmas story portrayed at the school play, and it's like these three little tiny wise men with the tiniest of gifts that they put towards Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, that, that would never happen, right? Like these, like I said, these are kings, mm-hmm coming and bowing before another king. They were trying to create influence with this king. Well, I love how you portrayed the imagery of the camels coming over the mountain and the sound of their hooves Mm -hmm. in the sand and the jingling of the gifts and the entourage that that came to Bethlehem. I think think so many people picture it the way you said, like in the the play, Um, whereas that imagery just kind of portrays, like the movie Aladdin, you know, when Prince Ali comes to town and there's (laughs) elephants stomping and that's where I go, you know, like, but that's that would well maybe not that crazy because <laughs> that's been. but that but it 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 would have been more to that than to the one little child. That's right. Realistically. Can you imagine Mary though? Mary and Joseph, they would have been like, what is happening right well, now? Well, could you imagine the entire town? Well, that's they it. They would be like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Yeah. Right? Mary would be standing on on her, I picture she has a swing on a porch and she's rocking Jesus and he's got a dirty d- diaper and she's like, oh my goodness, where is this promise? That? And then all of a sudden she would be standing going, oh man, what's this, provi- like what is this entourage coming down? She probably didn't even think it was for The whole her, town would have right? been nuts. She would have been standing going, who are they coming are they to see? Coming to where see? are they going? Yeah. And then they stop at her house and they come and they bring that and lay it at the, the feet of Jesus, right? Like that's everything in her world, you know, had purpose in that moment. Mm -hmm. But that's how it happens, right? It's that journey of you get the promise, you go through the process and the process is hard Mm -hmm. and it's easy to lose sight and to lose faith. So, so what would you recommend for people that are listening? How do you trust the process? How do you get through that? So for, for Amber and I, we do a couple of things. One, I usually write the promise down. Mm. That's right? good. Yeah. Like that, to me, I've talked before about the power of journaling. Yeah, some I kind of journal. Is important. Yeah. But I usually write the promise down and then I tell the promise. And that's, that's scary in and of itself, right? Because you, you don't want to put your, when your you pearls say before it, swines. Yeah, when you say it, it becomes real. Well, and, and, right? well, and the criticism comes. Even that, that Sunday we're talking about, tons of criticism, right? Oh, you can't do that. It's too much. But, but you put it out there. It's for me, if I write it down and I talk about it, then I, I'm giving power to it. I'm putting legs to it, yeah. right? And so when the momentum, or sorry, when, when, the, when the process is happening and the process isn't going the way I want it to go, I have, a, I have a prayer journal to go back to and go, man, God, you spoke this. And I don't know how. 
I've got mentors and friends that are like, hey, don't, don't lose sight. Jonathan, you're, with, so you're on me on that all the time, right? That's like, so yeah, good. yeah, don't give up. Like yeah. we're still, you know, John Slayer, we're still planting campuses. We don't yeah. know when, we don't know how, yeah. but don't drop that vernacular because it, it's still coming, right? So, so I have to do that. And then I also have to have, honestly, I have to have quiet moments. So, so obviously I, I've talked about this. I get up, I'm an early riser. I get up at 5.30, 5.15, 5.30. I like to do it at that time because Amber's asleep. My kids are asleep. My dog's asleep. It's like the quietest time in my house. It's amazing. And so I get up, I do my devotions. I do my prayer. I listen, I actually listen to midweek worship on my headphones and just listen to that playlist all the time and do, and like spend time in prayer. And then I actually take like about five minutes that I'm doing lately to be silent. So I actually just sit there and it actually allows me to process my thoughts. So it allows me, no, I'm not going to believe that lie. No, I'm not going to believe what that person says about me. I'm not going to believe what the situation is screaming at me. Right. I actually, it's not like it's like a self-help kind of thing, you know, like I am great and everybody loves me. No, like I, I literally will go, okay, I'm going to process. And right now I'm really struggling because what I'm seeing in my, my own eyes is failure. I'm seeing my own eyes. We don't know where the church is. I see in my own eyes how our finance is going to work out. But I'm going to start speaking over myself. But God, you declared that we're the head and not the tail. You declared, I didn't want to build a big church. You declared you wanted that. I, I don't really want to go and put all the stress and financial pressure of, of campuses. You want us to go and do that. And I start to speak those things over myself when I've removed all the potential of distraction. Well, you, you did this, you said this sermon uh, a while back. You said, take thought or take every captive thought. Take every thought captive. Take, take every thought captive. That's it. Yeah. Um, and like, that's like an act of aggression. Like, it's yeah. not just like, you know, like dispel it. Like, it's no, like, I want to hold this hostage. Like, I will not allow this thought to... to the the to, imagery in the Bible about that is actually you're holding a, a sword and it's taking a captive. It's actually stabbing it. Mm. And, and so that it, like you own it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like, yeah, like that's what I, I have to do. I have to remind myself when it's easy to believe what I see and go, God, you're doing something. I love it how God sometimes gives us reminders too throughout the process. Like you were saying when you drive by Paris and that little stirring that's deep in your gut for a campus in Paris comes up and you remember and you're like, I don't know what it's gonna look like, but maybe one day, you know, I feel there's supposed to be a campus in this town. Like in, in all the promises we've had in our life, there, I know that there's reminders from God because I get frustrated by them. And I'm like, oh yeah, God, you said you would do that. What's going on with that, you know? But God does give us those little reminders and it's what, how we choose to, to take that stirring that rises up in us and we're like, oh yeah, no, that is the promise and but I'm gonna, I'm to gonna claim it. You have to kids, right? My kid's mm-hmm. walking in rebellion. Like you have to go, okay, and this is why I think it's so important to have that moment. Like you, you have your prayer time, you have your mentors in your life who remind you, and then you have those silent moments. Where you're like, okay, no, 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 no. This is what I'm seeing, but God, I know. I know that when I held my, my little baby in my arms, you said you're going to use him. And right now, he or she is walking in rebellion and they're making poor. But the, I refuse to believe this is the final chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm going ref- to refuse. And you've got to do that. I refuse to believe that my marriage is going to be this way. I'm going, to, I'm going to believe and go back to the words, go back to the writings, go back to my mentors. I refuse to believe it and hold on. And sometimes, yeah, you have to embrace it. It's a long process. Sometimes you have to embrace it. it, it it's forever, right? And you have to ignore certain friends because yeah. certain friends will tell you wisdom, yeah. right? Like Job had friends that gave him wise advice. It just wasn't godly, right? That's so good.
That's so good. So in closing, man, I'm so pumped to have you with us and engage in this conversation. I hope you've grown and learned. I hope you've connected. The truth is we understand how easy it is to lean to what we see rather than to walk in faith. We understand it. We've all struggled with it. We all go through it. But I want to encourage you in your own life, don't give up. The promises of God are yes and amen. They will come to fruition. They will happen. It may take some time, the process may be hard, but I promise you, if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, you will see God move and you'll see the provision take place. Listen, I'm so excited that you've been with us. If you've enjoyed today, would you do us a favor? Would you subscribe? Whether that is if you're listening to our, our podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe as well. And we'd love for you to leave a comment. Just let us know something that stood out for you and something that made a difference for you that's going to encourage you on your journey towards God. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have an awesome day.